Welcome to the final edition of Drilling Deep. Yes, this is it. FreightWaves is revamping its video offerings, and maybe we'll be back, but maybe we won't. If we are coming back, it's not going to be for a little while. For more than four years, it's been an honor to say every week, I'm your host, John Kingston. For a little less than three of those years, I set it into a microphone with no video. For the last 16 months or so, you had to look at me when I said it, at least if you were watching the video version on YouTube. I also noted every week that we call the program Drilling Deep because we kick off the discussion every week by talking about oil, and you need oil to make diesel, and diesel is the lifeblood of the freight industry, and you need to drill to get oil, hence Drilling Deep. After my little chat, we go to a guest, and I'm proud to close the podcast out this year, this week, forever, whatever, with Todd Amen of ATBS. I always look forward to him joining me pretty much every year around April 15th to hear what his accounting and financial advisory firm that specializes in truck drivers had found about driver wages in the prior year. Unfortunately, or maybe it's fortunate for some of you, it isn't April 15th yet. So Todd doesn't have the whole range of data that he usually has, but he has some data, quite a bit of it, and he's going to be here to share it with us in a few minutes. I want this last opening to be for posterity. I generally have tried to open things up here by talking to an audience that has a strange relationship with oil. You're not experts. For the most part, though, your business depends on it. Of course, everybody's business depends on oil to some degree, but for transportation in general, and trucking in particular, it couldn't last more than a few minutes without it. I spent almost 30 years involved in coverage of oil day in and day out, and years after that, where it was always part of my work to one degree or another. And I've tried to share with that with you in just these first five minutes of drilling deep. Part of my goal was to take away the hysteria. As something of an expert on oil, I've seen ups and downs, some of them enough to give me whiplash. What I've never seen is the worst case scenarios on the price of oil come true. The one time I'd say we came close to that was the summer of 2008, when years of underinvestment in oil and a strong economy led the price of West Texas Intermediate to hit more than $145 per barrel. But that didn't last, and those things usually don't. Demand for oil, despite what a lot of people might think, is elastic. And it doesn't need to be enormously elastic to move, to move the price of oil. It's those last few barrels that are bought and sold that sets the price for all the barrels. And what that means is that small things that reduce demand are going to have an impact on price when that price starts to soar. A truck driver slows down five miles per hour. A family combines some errands into one ride. It all adds up. A company finds new efficiencies in their processes. And the most hysterical predictions never come true. So the next time you hear some politician trying to scare you about the price of oil going to some insane level, a level that it's never been at before, why don't you go tell them to stuff it? Because the history shows that they are always wrong. It has always amazed me when I'm on the earnings calls of major truckload carriers that they never talk about the price of diesel, even when it's high. That's because the fuel surcharge does a pretty good job of shoving those fuel costs down onto the shippers who are utilizing their services. It's a pretty great tool. But what it has done is given me more respect for the small fleets and independent owner-operators who are pulling a lot of spot freight or maybe don't use a fuel surcharge 
because they're just too small and they just don't have the capabilities or resources to administer it. You've got a bookload, you've got to book a truckload rate that covers your fuel costs, which you can't know for sure because of the volatility of those fuel costs. You might be the most efficient prognosticators out there. I tip my hat to you, and I hope I might have helped in some small way. I launched Drilling Deep in December 2019. I think my first guest was Baruch Feigenbaum of the Reason Foundation. I remember thinking, I like doing it. I know I will miss it. And thanks for listening. All right, it's time. Our last guest. We're going to wrap up four-plus years of Drilling Deep guests with Todd Amen. He is the president of ATBS. And as I said at the start of this show, uh, when I knew that I, we were going to have a last episode or last edition, whatever you want to call it, I wanted Todd on because his firm knows more really than anybody about what is going on with driver incomes. Uh, he's, uh, you know what, Todd, I'm going to first of all welcome you to the, the final edition of Drilling Deep, and I'm going to let you talk about what ATBS does. Hey, John, thank you. And uh, I have to say it's a privilege and a blessing to be your last guest. Um, some things you don't want to be last, but uh, you've had a good run and you've done an amazing job providing information to the industry and drivers. So, uh, yeah, thank you for thinking yeah, of me. Of and I want, having I want us to on. make clear I'm sticking around at Freightways. We're just not doing drilling deep anymore. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, so at ATBS, what we do is uh, help owner-operators manage their businesses. We work with about 20,000 drivers a year, and we uh, take their big pile of mess of receipts and settlement statements and all those kinds of things, and we put it into meaningful financial information. Uh, we do monthly profit and loss statements. We benchmark them against uh, peers, and uh, we do their taxes. And so the great thing out of all that is we get a lot of data and we use that data to analyze what's going on with the uh, small fleet owners and independent contractors in trucking. And, uh, you know, we use that to help the industry understand what's going on and help the drivers to understand how they can do better in their business, even in really tough times like we're in. So the last few years when I've done this interview with you is always right around April 15th. And we talked about how great everybody was doing, maybe not last year, because of course the, the high point of the market, I guess, would have been first quarter 2022, and then they struggled after that. But certainly when we did the interview in 2022, it was, you know, celebration time. So how did owner-operator net, how did owner-operator net income fare last year? Um, not well. And I guess, uh, you know, I kind of have a caveat to that. We've been at this for 25 years, so we've seen plenty of ups and downs, and it's a cyclical market, right? So... Uh, when I say not well, owner-operator net income was down 2.5% last year, and we never like to see owner-operator net income go down. It's just uh, kind of endemic to what's going on in the industry. And it's not terrible news, really, because the year before that, it went down 10%, right? Um, 2021 was the peak. 2022, we experienced pain, and that carried on into 2023. So, you know, we've gone from the peak of drivers making $73,000 on average as owner-operators to making about $63,000 last year. So, you know, they're at the bottom. It's painful. Um, people aren't able to pay their home bills. And uh, I think the only good news out of that is we saw a year-over-year -year improvement in the fourth quarter, October, November, and December over the prior year. So it really kind of tells me we've hit the bottom. We're not climbing out, you know, like we did during COVID and things aren't overnight turning fantastic, but at least I feel like we've hit the bottom um, of a painful cycle for truckers. 
Yeah, you know, Triumph Pay or Triumph Financial, which owns Triumph Pay, came out with its quarterly earnings the other day, and they've got some great data in there. Uh, they do a quarterly number on the size of the average uh, invoice that they factored, not not in their quick pay operation, but in their factoring division. And it really wasn't up that much sequentially. But then in his note to shareholders, Aaron Graff, the CEO, gave a number on uh, a number on the average invoice, the size of the average invoice that they processed so far in January. And even with lower diesel, because the price of diesel is in there, because, of course, that's a cost. Um, the number was up pretty substantially. So uh, maybe the kind of same thing that you saw sequentially year on year in uh, in the fourth quarter compared to 2022, you know, it carried through to in, in January. Yeah, I I read uh, Triumph's uh, letter to shareholders yesterday, and Aaron always does uh, an amazing job of clarity and transparency of their data, and they have they've got a ton of it. And I agree with you. We're all looking for green shoots, right? We're all hoping to grasp on to those things that point to a market turnaround. And I think you see it in some spot market rates and trends and uh, numbers like factoring companies. So it, it really does. I think we all felt like maybe early third quarter last year, we were at a turnaround and then things kind of took another dip. So, um, hey, to be talking about turnaround in January is a good thing because usually January is a pretty tough month um, in trucking. So, yeah, all, all signs are um, we're headed in the right direction. So last year, that decline that you talked about, was it mostly from fewer miles driven, uh, a lower rate or some combination? You know, it is definitely lower rate. Um, one thing that is always interesting is that um, drivers have to work harder when we're in a tough market, when their revenue goes down and their net income goes down. Um, typically, we see drivers work harder, take extra loads. And, and we did see an increase in mileage last year. It took a long time for that to happen. We thought that would happen in 2022 when things got tough, but it really took to 2023. We saw about a 7% increase in mileage. Drivers went from like 85,000 miles to 93,000 miles last year. So they worked harder um, to, to make less, which is, you know, that's tough. That's painful. Um, but at least it kept them alive, right? Yeah, we, we saw that in our own data in the outbound tender volume index, um, which really is kind of a proxy for miles driven in sonar. And it really was pretty steady or to, to maybe slightly rising. So clearly it was an issue of capacity. And, you know, you see that in the in the rate. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one thing I mean, the big question everybody keeps asking is capacity, right? Why isn't it leaving so that we can get a better trucking market? And and there's a lot of data on capacity leaving. Um, which we can talk more about. But I think one thing people forget about is when drivers drive more miles uh, and owner operators for sure do that, but even company drivers are making, you know, not enough money to afford their home bills. So the whole industry, 3 million trucks start working harder. Um, you know, that's not like adding uh, hundreds of thousands of trucks physically. Uh, we're not buying trucks and adding to the market with drivers and trucks. But adding miles is like adding trucks, right? And and it's hard to quantify what that means. But we're adding capacity through drivers working harder. Were there pockets of strength out there? Some industries that did particularly well or some segments of the driving world? You know, it seems like there's always people that are insulated and it's the really specialized niche drivers that might do, you know, drop deck heavy haul that are doing things like that or potentially hazardous materials. Tank carriers seem to be really insulated and, and they those drivers did okay. You know, the dry reefer flat, um, they all struggled for sure last year. And I'd almost say the flatbed struggled maybe more than the others. They seem to 
you know, have higher highs and lower lows in the cyclical market and, and that washes people out of that business. So it feels like flatbeds maybe getting a little better, a little quicker right now, maybe just because they struggled a little bit more last year. What do lower diesel prices mean to the bottom line? We had pretty big swing. The the all-time high in the DOE EIA price uh, came in spring of 2022. Uh, and certainly for the last, you know, three months of 2023, the price was pretty much steadily down. It had another big drop in the middle of the year. Uh, how much has that helped the bottom line? You obviously couldn't have helped that much if you're talking about the kind of drops that you did in their income. Um, you know, we, we have a, a great hedge in trucking with the fuel surcharge, me fuel surcharge mechanism, and it works really well, when, especially in contract rates. Um, maybe, you know, that gets muted a little bit in the spot market, but in times where fuel goes up a lot, fuel hurts, mostly because the fuel surcharge ultimately catches up, but there's a cash flow lag. And so especially a small carrier that's not well capitalized or an owner operator in the spot market, you know, that rapidly escalating fuel can, can put people out of business, contrary when fuel's falling significantly. And, and so last year we didn't have like a drastic drop. It was just a nice, slow, steady reduction in fuel almost throughout the year. And that helps because the fuel surcharge adjusts, you know, almost weekly, but the pump price either rises or goes down more quickly than that. Sometimes fuel surcharges adjust monthly. So I would say that it was a it was a tailwind last year. Decreasing fuel ultimately helps drivers. Um, the fuel surcharge comes down, but there's a cash flow gain in a, in a cycle like that. So that probably added to some of the staying power for some of the capacity that would have been the reverse of that. If we had fuel prices spiking last year, um, it could have eliminated some capacity quicker. Right. But let's also note that a lot of independent owner operators don't always operate with a fuel surcharge, right? They need to go out. They're doing a spot market. They need to go out and book a rate that's adequate enough to cover their cost of operating the truck as well as covering their fuel, correct? Yeah, you're 100% right. In a contract rate, you know, you've got a flat rate of, say, 250 a mile, and then you got a fuel surcharge mechanism that adjusts automatically. So the spot market has to reflect that. It's usually an all-in rate. So an owner-operator has to understand their cost to know what my fuel is going up or down so that they're negotiating that all-in rate. You're right, John. Well, as I said at the start of the show, before you joined us, uh, they, if they're able to do that successfully, then they know a lot more about where oil, gasoline, I should say gasoline, oil prices and diesel prices are going than most people because, I mean, they're, they're making a really significant, hefty short-term bet on the price of, of diesel because if it shoots up, uh, you know, 10 days later after they book some load, they are really screwed on that load, aren't they? Yeah, you're right. And, and uh, you know, I think we saw that in 2022 when fuel prices spiked at the same time rates were coming down. You saw an operator simply park their truck because they couldn't afford to run with what was going on. And and that's gigantic market moves really quickly. Luckily, last year, things were a little bit more steady, so we didn't quite expect that. But if we have a shock to the system like the Russia-Ukraine war, which, you know, when it started spiked oil, um, yeah, I mean, that will knock people out of business quick. So you've seen a lot of tax returns and watched what uh, drivers do uh, to operate their business. What are the things that make you just slap your head in frustration, the big mistakes that they make over and over again, and how do they fix those? That's a great question, John. And I think, um, you know, the last few years have taught us a lot. It used to be I could just get in my truck, run miles, and make money as an owner-operator. That was kind of the mantra. But, um, man, we've experienced a lot of different operating 
methodologies really in the last three years during COVID, speed didn't matter because rates were so high and fuel prices were low. And so, you know, I could drive fast and waste money on fuel and make money because the next load was going to pay me so much. That did a complete 180 uh, in the middle of 2022 when rates came down and fuel spiked. I had to slow down and save money on fuel. So really it's about productivity and cost, right? And fuel's my biggest cost. Right now I got to manage fuel. It's over four bucks a gallon. And so those are the things that make us crazy. Slow down, less idle, um, you know, help the driver understand that they can save 10 grand a year on fuel, their biggest cost. At the same time, I got to work harder. All of us have to work harder when times are tough. And so take an extra load. Um, you know, don't be so, uh, I won't run a load under three bucks a mile because that's what I've always made. You know, you might have to run a load for two bucks a mile or even less to get into a head all market. Um, it's it's not just get in the truck and drive like it used to be. I got to understand market rates, dynamics, and and manage the cost side of the business. So, you know, that kind of gets to uh, another question we talked about. Is there a breaking point, a figure that's just kind of so low that it's really like a floor? I mean, it does seem that if there was a floor out there, we're probably off of it. But is there some kind of number that you just say, uh can't go? I mean, you, you just said they should run anyway. But as you point out, some of it is to get to a good spot where there's maybe some good freight coming out of it. But just in general, what number is that that's just too low to, to continue operating at? You know, just today with prices the way they are, rates, fuel costs, I'm going to say, you know, in the spot market for sure, buck 70, buck 80 is just all in. I can't afford to run for that year round, but so much depends on where I'm at in my day, my week, my month, my costs, right? If I've covered my fixed costs with some decent paying loads early in the week, maybe I can haul a load for a buck 30 because all I'm paying is my fuel and my maintenance to get to that next load that's going to pay me 250 a mile. Um, so it's a complicated question, but the easy answer is, you know, all in right now. I can't afford to run under a buck 60, buck 65, buck 70. Um, but there are times for sure I can run for a buck 30 to get to the next load that might pay me 280. What was the trend in, in insurance that you saw during the year? Um, you know, insurance, I, I'd say overall, liability insurance, we saw some spikes the last few years, of course, for those people that were going out and get their own authority and the nuclear verdicts and all that kind of stuff. I'd say that's kind of leveled off. Um, a new entrant, you know, they could be paying 20 or 25 grand for liability insurance. But once I've done it for a few years and proven I'm a safe driver, I can get that down from between eight to $12,000. Physical damage insurance went up significantly because truck prices went up and, you know, replacing a truck. There was a lot of people that were underinsured because the value of their truck went up so much during COVID, but they still based it on what they maybe bought their truck for. So, I'd say insurance feels somewhat stable right now, but you just got to make sure you're insured for enough, at least for your truck and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean we kind of we've been kind of talking about profitability here, but your comments about insurance and it costs you know twenty to twenty five thousand to get started makes me think also just of revenue because revenue is important too. The, the, the bottom line matters, but the top line matters too. So uh, you know I, I still remember this conversation a couple of years ago, and you had a few people. Uh, who were your clients who could post, uh, could post, could boast of a uh, $300,000 years and several with 200,000. And at that point, I think, you know, having a hundred thousand dollar year was good. Now that's, we're talking revenue, right? So um, at least that's what I'm talking about. Maybe you can correct me. What, did you have $300,000 drivers last year? 
We still do, John. You know, it's those niche drivers that have found a great market that are in long-term contracted rates or relationships with shippers or brokers. And yeah, we still have drivers doing 300,000 plus. There's even drivers doing 450 or $500,000. It's super niche, right? I mean, those guys are the best of the best and they found the right relationships and they've proven to be super reliable. Um, Kind of interesting when you segment out our customers like the top third, middle third, bottom third. You know, the top third net income, those guys are still averaging $150,000 plus in net income. That went down by 10 or 15 grand in the last year, but they're still doing pretty good. It's really that kind of middle third they're um, struggling more. Crazily, the bottom third that make 50 to 55 grand, that really doesn't change. You know, those are some part-time drivers that have paid off trucks and they're kind of hobby owner operators. So yeah, there's still drivers out there making really good money. All right, so let's go back to my, because I'm fascinated by this twenty to $25,000 insurance figure. It's so high for somebody getting started. What do you think they need to, I won't say net, what do you think they need to gross so that you can pay your twenty to $25,000 in insurance if you're a new driver? and still you know, come home with a profit that it made it all worthwhile? So I'll answer that kind of two ways. One is my choice today is I can lease onto a fleet, which is going to provide me a fairly stable rate, and I don't have to have that liability insurance. I'm going to probably get my insurances through the carrier. If I'm going to go run the spot market and I need that auto liability, that cargo insurance, I got to make at least 50 cents a mile more to break even, to go run spot market with my own authority and buy those insurances. So right now we're at about a 24 cent per mile differential between running for a carrier and running spot market. And so it's a losing proposition. Um, so that's one way to answer it. The other way to answer it is I need probably 225 to $250,000 a year in revenue to be able to make money and pay for that, that insurance. And it's, you know, just in the average spot market, it's not out there today. I can't go buy that. There's still new entrants every day. If you look at the numbers, there's still people getting their own authority. Um, but but by and large, it's very difficult unless I have a direct shipper relationship just to go run spot market freight as a brand new entrant and, and be successful with the cost of insurance. And how much did you see of people who had been completely independent, let's say in 2021 into 2022, who just threw in the towel, not in, not just went and parked their trucks, but then leased onto a carrier? Um, I don't know like an exact no, I, number, I but I, I would say, let's just say a normal market is kind of 50-50. 50% are running spot, 50% are leased to carriers. In a great market like we had during COVID, you'll see a migration of probably 10%, maybe 15% moving to the spot market. So you go maybe 60, 40. And we're probably the reverse of that today where 60% are leased onto a fleet and 40% are independents. That's, you know, just our gut and the numbers we watch and the people we deal with. That's kind of the way it works during a sick cycle. I, I mean, I take away from that. It's still a tough market, but there are people out there still willing. They want to be completely on their own. I mean, if that's, if it, if it went from 50 to 40, in this market, this just does not strike me as a huge shift. Yeah, you're right. There are. Um, you know, we've washed out the very weak, and the people that are out there still doing it um, are finding a way to make money and survive. You know, they got low home costs. They got low fixed costs. Maybe they got a paid off truck or um, those kinds of things. Yeah, there's there's people out there making it happen. Our last question. If we were to have this conversation a year from now, which I don't think we're going to, maybe we're not on a video, but maybe we'll just do an interview, right, for Freightways. Uh, do you think the average income will be higher? 
Um, I'm 90% certain the average income will be higher this year just because it can't go any lower. Drivers just can't afford um, their business and their home life. So it's going to be higher. I don't think it's going to be COVID level higher. This is going to be a slow climb out, I think. And uh, things are going to get better. Drivers are managing their costs. They're working a bit harder. So, you know, let's say they're at 63 grand, um, you know, for 2023. My hope is we get up in the 66, $67,000 range by the end of this year. And, and I certainly think that's possible. Okay. Todd, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank Todd Amen. He's our final guest here on Drilling Deep. He is the president of ATBS. He's been a pretty much of an annual guest here. And Todd, I want to thank you for all your contributions over the years. Hey, John, likewise, you're a good friend. You do a great job. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, right? Yep. I want to wrap up with two more thank yous. First of all, somebody you don't see, but who's here pretty much every week, South Turk, he's my, I don't know what I'd call him, my producer, my director, whatever. He makes things go. South, thanks for everything, as well as your colleagues like Aaron Armstrong. Uh, thank you very much. And, of course, I want to thank all of you who either watched or listened because, of course, there are many downloads of Drilling Deep on audio-only services. Uh, you've been great. I think about you all the time and hoping that I could give you in, in this cacophony of information that's out there today. I hope that maybe I could help you a little bit. I've been your host, John Kingston, for Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freightcast family of podcasts. I usually wrap up. I say, please join us again. Not going to be able to this week. So thank you all very much for listening over the years.